Secret Friends Unite! Welcome to the Secret Friends Unite podcast, episode 348. This is your guide to the geek side, and I'm your host, Todd Oxtra. Joined by, well, if you're looking in your camera, someone dressed like a certain Captain United States. Star-spangled Captain Puerto Rico. Charlie Carden. Welcome to the mess. Uh, Yeah, this is going to be a fun episode because the video brings it all to life. Uh, Shocktober week five, and we've added video, obviously, and we're dressed for the occasion, all to the nines. And we are joined this week by a very special guest. Joining Secret Friends Unite is Mr. Donnie Charles Reese. <laughs> Good guess. Greetings, Scooplings. What's going on? Oh, it's great to have you, Donnie. Um, you are part of the B- the PSVG network. Uh, founder, creator, uh, not exactly 100% sure, but you are one of the godfathers of that network. We've had your co-hosts on and so glad to have you on finally. And you're known for your Twitter pick uh, profile of yourself as Chucky, and you are joining us as Mr. Charles today. That is the yes. good, uh, what is it, good guys? or my, and He's not my buddy. He's the good guys, right? Isn't that the yeah. name of the actual mm-hmm. product? Good guys. I, I don't I don't recall how he got the name Chucky. Is that just what the kid decided to call him? or The origins of Chucky is that uh, there was a murderer who was right. uh, delving okay. a little bit into voodoo, and he transferred his soul as he was dying into a doll, and that murderer's name was Charles Lee Ray. Ah, there we go. Soul transfer so, study. You know, it's it's proof that that even um, uh, serial killers can be studious. <laughs> yes, <laughs> he, but in he the uh, with his name yeah, in right. the uh, universal kind of reboot of Child's Play that came out just a couple years ago, they actually named it Buddy. Gotcha. So, but, oh, so you, you were okay. right on both accounts. Well, yes, Aubrey Plaza fights evil. I love it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so, but yes, Todd, I, I did. I, I created PSVG six years ago, maybe going on seven at this point. We've been doing it a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, and for the longest time, I thought it was PlayStation video games. I'm like, why are they talking about other things? We get that so much. It's so funny. Um, the reason that we even, oh boy, uh, long story short, um, when I decided that I wanted to get into podcasting, because I had listened to a podcast for a very long time, and um, I was always arguing with them in my car. Um, I would always call them <laughs> out on their their takes that I either didn't agree with or that I just thought was wrong. And uh, after so many years, my wife just got fed up, and she was like, why don't you just do this yourself? She's like, you obviously love to talk. You love to talk about this. Um, I'm actually not much of a, of a social person, but like when in my hobbies, I'm kind of in my own element. And uh, you know, I used to go to the GameStop and just hang out. And talk to people, especially <laughs> like, like 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 a comic shop, like being a yeah, comic like shop a comic. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And um, my old GameStop manager, he used to love. Uh, he, he he used to always tell me that I sold more Wii U's than Nintendo did. <laughs> oh, and without a cut, I loved the Wii U and just wanted to prophesize, like, and just evangelize how much I love that console to everybody that I came in contact with. So, um, long story short, is I decided to do it, and uh, as I always kind of do everything, I just kind of rush and bull rush my way into it. No planning, no preparation just get in there and uh, I spent like an hour trying to find a domain name and could not find one and um, I think when a generator gave me play some video games and I was like I can deal with that and here's the funny thing I didn't even register that domain because I told a friend of mine I was like I'm gonna create a podcast we call it play some video games and uh, he was like I like it PSVG 
and it didn't even dawn on me to act to like shorten it. And I was like, Oh, that's way better. <laughs> so, um, the domain that we registered was, uh, psvg.blog. And, um, yeah, we used to always tell everybody it was PSVG. We used to always say at the beginning of a show it was for play some video games. And then uh, eventually we just PSVG just became more, you know, like our thing than play some video games did. So we just kind of just leaned into it for the longest time. And then it's so funny how many people have told us like, yeah, we don't know what it stood for. We thought it was PlayStation, but then you listen to the show. It's obviously not that. And, um, we had that happen a lot. And then, um, just recently it was really funny because we used to have a show for every brand. And as you, as you manage a network, you have a lot of people, uh, contributors, volunteers, whatever you call them that come and go. So we, we, we've lost a lot of people over the last two years and, uh, things I felt like just for me, I was doing a lot, like, um, just multiple, multiple shows a week, trying to like keep our original output going. And then also for me, I felt like it was getting kind of stale. So we decided to cut back and, uh, we were going to kind of bring back our roots. Cause we started as one show PSVG. And then we branched out and we did Nintendo Shack, Xbox Empire, PlayStation Experience, uh, Decade of Horror. We just kept doing more and more shows. So we decided we we're going to cut back, kind of get back to roots. And uh, when we were trying to think of what to call the new show, it's so funny that this, this story just makes a complete loop. I was like, let's just call it Play Some Video Games. It's, that's what it was originally going to be called. We never ran with it. So let's call it that. So for the last nice. two or three months with Elaine and Devin and Delvin, we've been releasing play some video games weekly and uh, where we just talk about all the video games instead of doing eight different shows to focus on every individual topic. Now we just throw them all into one show. There you go. Very nice. Yeah. We started the same thing. We thought with uh, secret fringe night, we have four shows now. Do we, and we still have a combined feed. And uh, I think Mark might even reached out on you about that, um, about, you know, does it make sense to have combined feeds? So we are where Mm -hmm. we are now and, you know, my change, that's a great thing about doing it for seven years now. And um, yeah, yeah. pushing it just over. Yeah, exactly. Ooh, nice mug. That's a, that's a sneak preview of what we're going to be talking about. But but before we move on, Donnie, very quickly, um, how did you become the geek you are today? Boy, I, 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 it's so funny. Um, I wasn't prepared for this. <laughs> I, I honestly, I don't know. Um, I think with most things, it just kind of like you just kind of grow into something, right? Um, from a very young age, I love video games. Um, I won't give you my whole backstory, but it involves mostly me coming and going in and out of like foster homes and friends' homes and stuff like that. So, video games always provided me like a really big escape um, at the time. And I think that's why I've always ventured into like a, like big open world adventure games, like something I can just kind of get lost into and kind of forget, you know, like what's going on in my life at the time. That's really kind of my niche. Um, but I always, I always loved Nintendo stuff. And then from a very young age, I've always loved horror movies. My wife has told me for years that that's what's wrong with me. Um, because <laughs> I used to watch the uh, nightmare on Elm street, you know, Friday the 13th, all the classics, all the legends I'd watch them. And I was like third or fourth grade. I think the first horror movie that I actually remember watching was dolls from the 1980s and i i Mm. caught it at a friend i'll never forget it uh i think with horror a lot of times horror like imprints on on you like when you first get scared it's something you'll never really forget i watched dolls at a friend's sleepover um when i was maybe in kindergarten first grade it's one of my earliest memories so i know it was really really young and um we were at a birthday party it was a sleepover we all fell asleep i woke up at like two in the morning not uncommon for me even to this day and i couldn't sleep so i turned on the tv and lo and behold dolls was on and i sat there and watched dolls by myself in this like you know dark room with all these kids asleep when i was like i don't know six (laughs) 
seven. So uh, I loved horror movies ever since then. So I often, I often venture and overlap into those. But um, be honest with you, like my two favorite geek things to do are definitely video games and horror movies. Um, I build shrines to this stuff. I grab all this stuff. I adorn my walls and my shelves with all of it. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, something awesome. I've just always liked doing. Good deal. Very, all right. very good. Well, Todd, yes. Todd, what have we got going on for this book? I love yeah, it. So, so this month, 348, or this episode, episode 348, we have comic book 348, Fantastic Four. This is really an iconic cover if you're a big, mm-hmm. big comic book uh, fan mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. just fan of just crossovers that just don't make a lot of sense. Right. This issue pops off the page because Art Adams did the art, who is one of my favorite artists, comic book artists of all time. And then we've got the team that is not the team that you're right. knowing for. It's Ghost Rider. It's Mr. Fix-It Hulk, uh, Hulk, Spidey, yeah. and Wolverine. Um, I know. And yeah. this was, if I'm, if I'm scantily remembering the plot, it was one of those, the FF is is kidnapped. I believe it was scroll-related, if I'm not mistaken. And this was right around the time you found out that Johnny Storm had married uh, Alicia Masters, who was the Thing's girlfriend for a long time. But then they went away to the Secret Wars. He didn't come back right away. The two of them fell in love. That Alicia was a scroll. So, and then she died or something. She died or she went away. So anyway, when the real Alicia came back, then she and Ben obviously reconnected or whatever it is. Um, but at this time, yeah, they had abducted them away. And so the computer automatically dispatched, like these guys were the, the B team. The computer said, come to the Baxter building or Four Freedoms Plaza, whatever it was at the time. And, you know, we got a mission for you. They had to rescue them. And it was a bunch of, it was, it was either... I'm trying to remember if it was either space stuff or it was, I think it was Mole Man because he's right there on the cover. So it was underground. Ah, uh, classic Mole Man plot. Yes, it was under, it, yes, the underminer there is if you were watching. The- or Hans. <laughs> yes, yes, exactly. So, um, yeah, so that is, that is that. That's a gem. That's from, I'm going to say, 1990. Oh, it's on there very small. I'm going to go on record as saying it's 1992. Perfect. So, very good. I like it. So, um, yeah, so that's fun. But what's even more fun, and speaking of 1992, uh, our senior news correspondent, Ma- Madam Webb, was already drawing Social Security. But right now she's down at the corner of Hollywood and Vine almost 30 years later to give us her rumors and news. So Madam Webb, without further delay, take it away. Now it's time for Madam Webb's rumors and news. Take it away, boys. Thank you, Madam Webb. Oh, my goodness, Madam Webb. I know you're looking across the screen at Donnie and you're thinking that looks like your long lost child. But if that was true, grandchild, well, I was going to say it was true. Like Donnie would then be like a 155 year old man. So not true. Um, So, Donnie, if, if, if a woman comes calling and asks you <laughs> if you'd like to be uh would like a, a would like a sugar mama hang up absolutely put always put, yeah put yeah put it yeah she does tend to prey on our uh on our male strangers hosts, and, she, and she tends to try to arrange accidents for our female guests hosts, so just be warned strangers with candy yes yes exactly. uh, <laughs> um so first story this week is really interesting because it's it's met with a lot of trepidation. Uh, Uncharted is a Sony property uh, since the PS3. Nathan Drake. It's essentially a fresh take on the Indiana Jones trope. An explorer looking for treasure, um, but they are more like thieves than they are like someone putting things in museums. Um, Nathan Drake and then Sully, kind of his older mentor. They go on adventures, and the series is is contained one of the most successful ones. And it's just a lot of fun. It's like Indiana Jones. It's very fun. 
And um, at this point, everyone, Charlie, thought um, Nathan Fillion should be Nathan Drake because that's exactly who he looks like in the video game. So, like, perfect casting would have been great. Unfortunately, Nathan Fillion is now turning, like, in his 50s. Yeah, It's a little harder to pull it off. So, uh, but we got... This, the same kind of take that people had with Katie Sackhoff as being Captain Marvel. Oh, I can't believe yeah. they're going with somebody younger. Well, you know, you're looking to grow a franchise potential. That was It was funny. It was a few years back when the Jack Reacher movie came out. My, my mom, of all people, said to me, and again, she's worked in marketing and stuff for years, said, how are they picking Tom Cruise for this? He's in his 50s or damn near. I mean, he's just for him to launch a franchise, that's just weird. So this makes this makes a hell of a lot more sense. Yeah. So, uh, you know, we've got, um, you know, the casting of Tom Holland as Nathan Drake, uh, Murky Mark Wahlberg as Sully, uh, Antonio Banderas is in this movie. And Mm -hmm. as a fan of the game, some moments of the trailer looked like they came directly out of the movie. So um, I'm 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 and they use ramble on as kind of like the theme. So I I thought that was kind of a a good take, kind of interesting. But um, Donnie, you're also a video game player. Um, you know, within Uncharted, this the casting, everything has been like a little tre- trepidatious because video games don't have a lot of great uh, history. So, what was your take on the trailer? Um, this is one where the casting really throws me out of the illusion quite a bit. Um, I've I've thought that ever since I saw Stills. I watched the trailer. Um, I think Friday. I mean, it looks okay. I, I can't tell you that I'm excited for it. And I love the Uncharted series quite a bit. Um, I don't know. It's just, you can't help get over like, you know, you're watching Spider Kid out there, you know, running around with his backpack on. It's just, I don't know. I can't shake it. I think them, the, I, I, I hope we get, uh, so Sully, uh, Charlie's an older guy in the later movies, but he has a big old, you know, mustache. It's kind of like that thing right. you got when you're like 55, you earn a mustache. Um, sure. Like your dad, Charlie, that used to have the mustache, but then he oh, got rid my, of it. Well, my yeah. dad had that mustache for 22 years. Uh, as I, Yeah, he had it from the early 70s to about 1996. Uh, so, yeah, when, when he was he was over 50. So, yeah, exactly. Or um, almost 50. So I just hope we get Marky Mark with a mustache. That would just make my day. Why not? You know? And he can put on his Boston accent and just have a good time with it. But Charlie, I do you feel um, like if Sully was maybe a little closer to what we'd expect or a little older, like maybe it would come off a little better? It really feels weird when you just see, like, all right, that's supposed to be Drake, but who the hell's with him? And they're right. like, oh, it's yeah. Sully. You're like, is it? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, Not really recognizable. Yeah, in the role. Right. Yeah. He's and, 50. Uh, just and, looks like Nathan's friend. Yeah. From like school. <laughs> right. Yeah. My school chum uh, for, um, you know, for the uninitiated, I'm not a video game guy. I, I could care less in, in that regard. And there are probably a lot of people who will say, oh, Spider-Man's in an action movie with the Transformers guy. Uh, and, you know, and, and they'll jump at it. So makes sense. You understand why they casted younger, uh, because if this ends up being a big hit, they want to keep it rolling and not get into the geriatric territory of Tom Cruise. Uh, so much that I'm not a Tom Cruise fan. So I dig it. Uh, I dig, and again, it looks interesting. But again, the question for me is when will we get some kind of sustained quality with an action focused video game as opposed to like we really like the Pokemon movie or we really so like you, you've something. never you've never played the Uncharted games at all? No, Charlie's not a video okay. gamer. He plays I'm the Lego sure. games. So I the thing with games. Sully in particular, it's not just that he looks young and Mark Wahlberg, Mark Wahlberg just doesn't, I don't think 
Sully has a personality about him. He's kind of the color of the cast. And, you know, he's kind of, um, he's, I don't know, like swashbuggler, you know, type of guy. He's always kind of working on the fringes and stuff. And I just don't get any of that from Mark Wahlberg at all. Well, and that's, I think that's the thing that's, that I think that bothers me most. Especially now nope. that you saw it. Infinite, <laughs> which we yeah. Todd and I watched, and then I talked about it with another. No, I Charlie, I, I escaped that tragedy, so I let you oh, take the hit for the team. Oh, yeah. that's right. Like uh, but I would I, say, like, like how I had to see Fantastic Four back in 2015. Yeah. Thanks a so, lot. So Charlie, I would say the best way to, and, and I don't know, Donnie, you may be a little too young for this, but the A Team show, he reminds me. Sully always reminded me of Hannibal. Yeah, that's good. Oh, yeah. yeah, that doesn't really fit. That the type building. of gravitas, must you know? Yeah, he's cigar. like thing. Yeah. He's got the mustache. You know, yeah, like gotcha. yeah, the, the bravado. Gotcha. Like when you see what was the Mark Wahlberg like the daddy stepdad or daddy oh, comes home or whatever. Da- daddy's home. Yeah, like you yeah. can't, you can never unsee that, and it's yeah, like exactly. even like memories. his cool moves, like right. The Departed or something like that. Like he's still not that. Like I don't think I've ever seen him portray that or you know exude that vibe and i think that's what kills it for me in a lot of ways because sully is really important gotcha interesting well time will tell but again for the oh man this mask is just absolutely killing me i might end up doing the second half of this show without this (laughs) oh no charlie you're gonna give away your secret identity (laughs) oh i might have to just because unmasked Captain Unmasked. Yeah, I might do that during the commercial pause. We'll see. Oh, we'll, no. see we'll see what my oh, no. hair Then they'll like kill again. you, and then they'll kill Sharon, Sharon Carter, and then all the your family. To drop, to drop us. No, I don't think you will. Oh, no, I don't. I don't. No, I, you, you don't think I'll do it? Oh, am I being, is that, am I being double dog dared? Anyway, <laughs> yes. speak, speaking of Halloween, why don't we move on to Halloween? Uh, yes. And Halloween again. Oh. oh yeah. So, oh, Donnie, I'm did you see Halloween that. Kills? Absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So we gave our review last week. Charlie and I were kind of like, it felt like a, uh, such a different movie than the, the, the 2018 movie. Absolutely. Um, what was your thought on it? Yeah. I, um, I, I think in our discord, I called it mediocre to good. Um, yeah. It's definitely good. It's not bad. It's worth a watch. Um, it just doesn't move this trilogy forward much at all. There's not a whole lot, I think, in the ways of character development. It's a very good action movie. Almost feels like a Friday the 13th movie. Um, if like if you're there to see yeah. Michael Myers just kill a lot of people, that brings it to you in droves. But I also thought like this, you got to really just be along for the ride, right? Just like just suspend all belief. It doesn't just I don't know. Michael Myers is always more haunting and brooding. You know, Jason's always been more of like the action. You know, serial killer. Chucky's got you know toys and he plays like with little kids emotion Freddy's and dreams they all kind of have their own thing and this one really seems to step outside of that which is okay I'm not saying that you can't do it and it does have a lot of Halloween vibes right it takes place a lot in a hospital Halloween two nods um, you know like there is you know like they're running through the park and stuff like that it's just that I feel like Halloween movies are typically maybe a little smarter and a little more developed and they, they kind of tell a tale this one really isn't a whole lot of there's not a whole lot of storytelling actually to this middle sequel it's just kind of like we want to show you michael myers killing a lot of folks i felt like i feel like the best way that i could surmise it is halloween ends could almost start directly after halloween kills and you probably wouldn't miss much like there's not a whole lot in the way here Mm -hmm. i feel like they without spoiling them they kind of kill off a character in a throwaway style that you would expect to be there at the end and i feel like that should have been more impactful um judging by her role like in the series and uh yeah outside of that it's just kind of it's better than middling but maybe not much better than that 
Yeah, I forgot to take my brain out for the movie, so I yeah, have a little exactly. more troubles with it. But yeah, back, back, um, back yeah. in the jar. But anyway, yeah, it looks like just to kind of put a bow on this, it looks like they're going to do a little time jump uh, and try to pad in between four years with our three surviving characters, uh, assuming that they did survive, uh, because what else would they do? So yeah, we still have uh, Will Patton, we have uh, Laurie Strode, and we have the granddaughter. Um, so the question becomes, oh, okay, so, and this is going to come out next Thanksgiving, or at least it's set next next Thanksgiving, <laughs> next Halloween, it says right here. Um, yeah, so it, it's, it will, uh, for a quote from uh, a quote in here saying, uh, tracing the fruition in the psychological aftermath of what happens four years in between. So will it deliver? Will it make things better? I know based on, you know, Todd, us with our brains in the jar. Yeah, it's, it's kind of crazy because um, I, I didn't know this was going to originally be a trilogy. I didn't know where this whole thing was going. So apparently now it's a trilogy, um, which might be the smartest thing. And it might be a, the director is trying to do a different type of movie with every movie, give it a different theme, give it a different feel. Kind of like the Halloween movies was a Halloween three season of the witch, which was just out of nowhere, just different. Maybe that's what they're kind of doing, just different tones, different feels to, to do something different. Because the first movie definitely felt like, wow, they're just really nailing it. And then right. the second one is definitely more over the top. And yeah, to yeah. Donnie point, yeah, it's just like, yeah, that's a lot of Michael killing. So yeah, this one exactly. could be cool. And it's that the, the granddaughter is the lead in this uh, next movie. So right. I guess we'll so see where it goes. Make it I was hoping with the trilogy that it would pass off the Lori to the granddaughter thing so we could seemingly have some sort of continuation for the series going forward because they're never going to stop making Halloween movies. No, like, yeah, after Jamie Lee Curtis stops doing it, they're going to still make yeah. it. So, so, so write it in there, you know, make it a right. part of the story. Let's finally let Lori go and that, like, let's pass the baton to somebody new. I mean, they did that. They, they obviously did that with the, the franchise follow-up that they then disregarded to, you know, make yeah. the, make it was a Halloween H2O. That's because yeah. they did it poorly. No, it was, it was, it <laughs> and they needed to redo it. <laughs> they, they, it was the, the Halloween. All oh, the Rob Zombie one, yeah. too. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yes. It's all yeah. So many. Them. So many Halloweens. All thrown in the bin. All right. Moving on. Speaking of people uh, that obviously have earned your eternal respect, Hayden Christensen <laughs> will be returning to Star Wars and Disney Plus's Ahsoka series. The Force is strong with this one. <sighs> I so, don't yeah. even know what to think about this because I, I don't. Um, because, he's going to be yeah. in Obi Wan, right? He's going to be in Obi Wan, and he's also now going to be in Ahsoka, right? And his his inclusion in Ahsoka could take on a couple. I can think of two ways that it can take on because obviously with the Ahsoka with Rosario Dawson portraying the character in live action is set five, after, five years after Return of the Jedi. It's taking place uh, in the Mandalorian timeline because she interacted with Din Djarin, you know, in, in, in that episode. So any uh, appearance by Hayden Christensen is going to be set during Todd. Say it with me. It's your favorite era of Star Wars, the Clone Wars time period, because that's where we met her for the first time. But As a was, prequel? Like, is it, so is this going to be just a flashback then? But yeah, she's, she, yeah mm. she, was, she was a child back then. So the latest that they could show her would be, you know, aging her up a few years um, at the end of the Clone Wars uh, final season that we saw on Disney+, Plus, which was exceptional. Or it's going to be him in the Darth Vader costume, which they did in Rebels. And who really cares if it, it, it's a head-to-toe black-clad costume that it could literally be anyone. So I, I am with you to be challenged with how exactly this could take shape. You know, how, how, how is he really going to – how is it really going to have uh, 
significance. And again, Todd, you and I are already kind of really worn out on the the, uh, the prequels to the prequels or the inquils or something set between that time period that was the, the prequels. It's like, it's just, it's been done. They started with A, they ended with Z, and it's just, it's complete. And then you moved on to the next phase. So I just, I'm very fired up to see Rosario Dawson do her search for Grand Admiral Thrawn. And then we maybe in doing that, we meet a live action uh, Ezra Bridger and, and we see a conclusion of the rebel storyline. But then this, uh, yeah, I, call, I, just, I call those the Nyquils now, Charlie, not the, oh, the prequels, the Nyquils because they put me to sleep, but well, that's, well, that's perfectly fine. Yeah. Yes. I just, I just, I'm struggling to see how he would be integrated in a force in a, ghost coast to coast is what I would say. Potentially. Yeah, that, I think that would, if you're going to be exactly, if she's going to be, if he's going to be, if that's going to be the Obi-Wan, uh, there you go. If that's going to be the Obi-Wan to her Luke Skywalker, th- that would be the way that I would see it. So he would be yeah. a force ghost. So he would yeah. just be hanging. So good. Good catch. Yeah. Donnie, um, how would you like to see Anakin Skywalker return? <laughs> I'm, I don't have a whole lot of, I'm not super into Star Wars. I've watched them all. I definitely understand the, the timelines and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I liked Hayden Christensen when he did it. Um, out, even though, you know, some of his, some of the moments are definitely like overacted at times. But uh, yeah, this was kind of, this was news, right? It was like, oh, they're going to go there. Okay. Right. I'm sure like the force ghost stuff or whatever makes sense, like a cameo or something. I'd like to see more, you know, of the, of, of his dark side or whatnot, but mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't know. Oh my goodness. Well, we will, we will find out about that. I would assume if this is going into production, we're probably 18 months at the inside of being, you know, seeing this in the flesh. So uh, we will, we will find out. So uh, to take us home, something that uh, uh, Todd and, and our other founding secret friend, John had a lot of back and forth about was, uh, the good folks at Hasbro, of which Todd has an associate who will not be named, who works for Hasbro, who was part of this, um, went and did their Hasbro PulseCon. Pulse is the uh, the marketing arm or the, the the commerce website that sells a lot of uh, kind of the run of the mill Hasbro products and a lot of the exclusives as well. Uh, the the three licenses that that we focus on obviously do quite a few, and there were some other ones that were featured that we didn't necessarily talk about. Our G.I. Joe, which has been ramping up their new classified line for almost two years now. Uh, and Star Wars, of which they've had the Star Wars Black Series line, the larger figure since 2013. And the Marvel Legends, which is celebrating its 20th anniversary. Uh, and actually, that was one of the featured products. So just to go through very succinctly, and I was actually uh, successful in pre-ordering a couple of these. Uh, over on G.I. Joe, they have kind of fan favorite Crockmaster. He's a dude who... Has a couple of different crocodiles, and it's included. Uh, the Battle Android Trooper, the Bat. Uh, they have two versions of it. You have. Uh, they also diversified into kind of a subset uh, that happened later in the the run of the original figures. Tiger Force, which was the GI Joe, and the Python, the Python Patrol, which was the Cobra arm of it. So they decided to give us a Viper, uh, which is the kind of the Cobra infantry. Very ugly version of the figure. I did not opt to pre-order that one, and they gave us on the GI Joe side uh, Outback who is a survival expert who usually has a white t-shirt. This is an orange t-shirt. It's very Halloween. It's Halloween GI Joe. Uh, so yeah, two different versions of the bat. One of them is painted up like the, uh, like the um, Python patrol. As I said, we also got a very, uh, uh, I say original series, accurate version of spirit iron knife, who is the GI Joe tracker sniper, a native American character. Actually, the bit was introduced by, um, 
the guy from the Black Eyed Peas. He came on and it was um, taboo. Taboo. Um, Thank you very much. It was taboo. Uh, Man, know your know your Black Eyed Peas. I'm well, I got bonus he, points. And he came on and talked about his Mexo American heritage and how that applied oh, back to the okay. character, which I thought was kind of cool. Uh, we are getting a classic Storm Shadow. This is not the first Ooh, uh, looks good. release of the figure. He does look great. Uh, and th- and that's about it for that over on the uh, Star Wars side, you know. And again, Todd, you and John and I were talking about how Funko is really good at getting stuff to market. Well, six to six inch to three seven five action figures are not. It takes them about a year to get anything out. So that yeah. being the case, we are now getting stuff for Mandalorian season two. Uh, we've got uh, Boba Fett in his pre armor uh, kind of tattooing slash Vandor uh, garb with the you know the basically looking like a uh, Tuscan Raider without the outfit. Uh, another version of the Mandalorian, uh, this one impacted in with the, the spider from the Frog Lady episode. Uh, you're getting Cobb Vant. That would be Timothy. What is it? What's his name? Timothy McKinney? Oliphant. Timmy, Oliphant. Oh, Timothy Oliphant. Uh, wearing Boba Fett's armor. That's cool. I managed to get a pre-order for that one in. The uh, the Bill Burr, Migs Mayfield character, cannot find the link for that one, so I don't have that ordered yet. So, But I also grabbed the Trapper Wolf, which is the Dave Filoni character. I caught a lot of flack from John uh, for that. They also rolled out a couple of Disney Park exclusive packs that I will never see and I'm just going to promptly stop thinking about, even though they look cool. Uh, over on the Marvel side, I was really relieved because every almost everything presented here is a repack. So I, I was pretty happy about that. So repacks, uh, even though I was super excited on the retro line, they have two West Coast Avengers figures, which is a heritage title I love back in the 80s. You've got Vision all in white, which we also kind of saw in the WandaVision series, and the classic Scarlet Witch, both the reissues. You've got Null, who is a, a character from that Venom series you read, Todd. I could care less. Mm-hmm. Uh, you've got repacked Cap Falk from the, Falcon, the Winter Soldier, and then uh, Cap from Endgame. I already have both of those. And then, Todd, this is more in your territory. We have a uh, kind of X-Men 92. Oh, excuse me. A, yet another version of the Winter Soldier character from the MCU. Yeah. And then from the X-Men 92 cartoon, we have Jubilee. And These are uh, pretty yeah. good with the, the VHS yeah, they, cover. And yeah. then they've got the picture of, uh, you know, Cyclops and Jean Grey. That's the one that you see on oh, the meme of where Wolverine's right. looking at the picture and sad right. in a bed. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And which is they managed to do that in the packaging as well, if you look at yeah. it. So uh, lastly, as I had mentioned, 20th anniversary of the line, uh, we are getting two figures from Wave 1, which came out back in, well, it was in 2022. So I guess next year is, and I'm sure that's what this will drop. Just kind of, an, and again, it's a repack because it's not the original figure. The original figures looked horrendous. It was from 20 years ago. But they did bring back the retro packaging. You've got Cap and you've got uh, Tony Stark in his classic 1970s, 1980s yellow and red armor. And then and mustache. That? And mustache. And at the bottom we have, is this Nightmare? Who the hell is this character? The one all the way Scourge? I, I, no. Uh, I, I'm, scrolling, Shroud. I'm scrolling back. And <laughs> no. they have some some oddball. They just do not have. Oh, that thing in the bottom corner, Charlie. That's the uh, when the X-Men was revamping in the 90s. They they introduced new characters. Another character called Maggot, who bought a lot oh, of these little wormy things came out of his belly. And he could tackle with him. So that's, a, that's a teaser for Maggot. That's uh, that's Cap, and then there's one weird character in the middle that I can't pick out that kind of looks like Quasar. It's not him. So anyway, Shroud. Yeah. so anyway, yeah, yeah, a lot of these are out there. A few have sold out. Uh, there, there are other ones in there, but you know, I again, Todd and I were talking about this in the pre-roll. If you catch these panels, it's really a, a lot of marketing hype, blizz blaz. L- look on a, a reputable you know toy site like Toy Arc or the Foosh. In- instantly the, the stuff will still be there so uh, yeah. for you to see. And then uh, generally, uh, they, you know, obviously Hasbro is trying to sell this themselves, but retailers like Amazon 
and Target will also and Dorkside and some other you know regular figure websites will have them as well. So anyway, I'm always happy for new product. My figure collecting has slowed down a lot. I've gotten a hell of a lot pickier, uh, but there's still th- some things that I that I sought to grab. So I yeah. was uh, I enjoyed those. Yeah, they, I mean, and and obviously, Donnie, sorry, there was no Chucky Transformers crossover this time. So no Not toy coming out that Chucky transforms into. I don't know what would Chucky transform into. Um, Serial killer, like a person. <laughs> Big knife. Yeah, yeah. Or he turned into the bride of Chucky, and that would be very. I mean, that would be pretty cool. Uh, yeah. Oh yeah. So yeah, there you go. Tran- Transmorph. The NECA so. figures that they do are pretty awesome, and I've got the Trick or Treat Studios doll behind me. We have we have a few of those NECA because my wife loves my wife loves horror, and she's kind of dragged me into it. But we have uh, we have both versions of uh, Pennywise the movie and then the, the the television version. We have a Freddy Krueger, and then we have what's the we have, we have we have a little Chucky in the box, and uh, I can't remember what the last one is. But they're great it, when the cats are chasing a, a, a buggy and she jumps up there, they all go down. That's that's about as much play as they get. <laughs> the best type of play: cats chewing on action figures. Yes, gotta love it. All right. Yes. Well, with, with that, we bring the news to the close. So I'm going to pull out my phone, bring up UberX. Hopefully that I don't get drilled down on the rates, but we're going to get ourselves over to the Geek Easy to talk about what we're geeking out about. So let's do it. Talk nerdy to me. Talk nerdy to me. We're sitting in the Geek Easy. Cover band's playing. Drinks are poured, and we are getting our nerd on. So, Donnie, anything you've been uh, watching or reading? Mm. It's October, guys. I'm watching horror movies oh, yeah. all okay. month long, constantly. I've I've done. I think yesterday was 15, 14 on the on the month so far. I'm not Oof. quite getting through my list, um, but I think I'll have to save some for next year. My list for next year is already overflowing. But uh, yeah, so like, <laughs> see, we've done Return of the Living Dead one and two, Videodrome, Lake Placid. House of Haunted Hill with Vincent Price, Tucker and Dale versus Evil, Idle Hands, Little Shop of Horrors, um, and then uh, just yesterday we did Trick or Treat. So we getting we, through the list. We snagged a double header last night, and one horror, one horror comedy was Beetlejuice, and then The Lost Boys, which is one of my wife's favorites. Of course, so, good loved ones. It. Loved it, loved it. So, uh, yeah, that's awesome. So, if any you were to, any standouts, I was gonna say if you were to pick like a top three, what would your top three be for the Ooh. for the for this year? For this year, for this year watched, that you've watched so far. Um, okay. My go-to Halloween recommendation for this year is definitely, um, the dark and the wicked, which Ooh, you can I go see on shutter. Oh, okay. it's, it's fantastic. It's, it's absolutely amazing. It's very old school horror. Um, it's classic horror and, uh, it's just done really, really, really well. My favorite pick from last year was host, which you can also watch on shutter as a shutter original. It's kind of like paranormal activity, like, you know, Skype or just kind of like a new little trendy thing, but it's done really, really well. Um, man, I wish I had looked up my notes. Cause like all these movies that I've seen that I just read off that I've seen this month, like we've, we've, I've watched all of these multiple times. So I'm trying to think of like some newer recommendations. Um, the new purge, the forever purge. I liked a lot. Um, because I it, saw that one. It zooms out on the purge, which is something I've always wanted the purge to do is to show me like what the purge is doing to society and less like this person's story of the purge, like in their house, um, which I really appreciated. I I like that quite a bit. And um, see here, the new conjuring is good. Oh, malignant. 
is like the new James Bond oh, horror movie. We have, it's awful. We have talked that one. And, <laughs> I and certainly talked about that one. I, ta- <laughs> I, I am not only I've talked about it on two different podcasts. I've talked about it's this terrible. show and I was with our friend Rich. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, I, I got the the hype into that one. And, uh, I was at Rolling Stones, like it redefines horror for a new generation. Yeah, like, it right. does not. It does not. <laughs> well, it may right. redefine it in you know, the negative fashion, yeah. It's right. very, very, very bad. And Is then, it famous uh, or infamous? <laughs> right. In famous. Uh, on on my to do list for the rest, um, at least for I guess for this week is um, my wife's never done um, so. Like the, the the story of this, in short, is that every year I kind of curate a list of movies mm-hmm. for me and my wife to watch together. Like it, it is the season. She knows I love horror. We watch the new releases as they come out, but every year during October, I always try to expose her, like you know, almost like give her an education as to different types of horror movies. And over the years, I've learned some of the ones that she likes, some of the ones that she doesn't like. So she doesn't like any of the gory stuff. She doesn't like any of the slasher stuff. Gotcha. She really likes religious horror, Ooh, um, okay. any sort of possession or haunting things. And she really loves like dumb eighties horror. Oh um, yeah. Okay. So on the list to finish out this, if we can make it is I want to see the night house, which is a new one that I haven't seen yet. Okay. Um, I'm going to see drag me to hell, which is actually never seen surprise. It. That's one that I've never seen as well. I've never, I own it. I've owned it for years. It's sitting on my horror shelf. I just never got around to it. Um, we're going to do Hellraiser, which she has never seen. And she's Ooh. not going to like that. <laughs> Wait, you said, and then, uh, <laughs> we're going to do the stuff, which uh, stuff is a good one. She's going to love it because that's like her thing is she really likes, you know, like we'll have a couple drinks, pops, popcorn. She really likes that dumb stuff. Like she loved Night of the Comet. We did Chopping Mall the year before. She loved Chopping Mall. She thought it was funny as could be. Yeah. So I we think did, the we, stuff's right up did, her alley. We did Chopping Mall a couple of years ago. Well, cool. Yeah. That is awesome. Um, so, yeah, we, uh, Todd, I think when we do this again next year, maybe we can focus a little bit more on the classics because I, I would I would like to. Oh, dissect. absolutely. I would like yep. to dissect more classics because I think we ran into some stinkers. Uh, oh, yeah. Some some time. recent stuff is not very yeah. good. But, yeah, so, uh, classics, we'll yeah, right definitely. All right, if well, you have like a classic maybe we haven't seen that you run recommend right. for us, we'll, we'll reach out to you. Absolutely. Okay. All right. Well, let me steal it back. Uh, I uh, have been – Todd, we, we – you know, I, we were dabbling with AMC Plus, and I told you I didn't really feel like it's worth keeping it. But then I got a note from the good folks at Verizon because I recently got an Apple Watch. They said, oh, six months free of Apple Plus. I'm like, all right. So, Apple or um, AMC Plus? AMC Plus. I'm sorry. Look at that. I get Because I said Apple Watch, I said Apple Price. So I got distracted. So um, not the greatest app. It does keep erroring out, so I have to log out mm. and go back in. But we have been watching um, the newest uh, Walking Dead show, which I'm like – Eh, that has absolutely become more April's thing than it has been mine. But this show to me is, it's a little different. Now it's set 10 years after the fall, which if you watch, I've not been watching Fear the Walking Dead, but April has, but I've been kind of going through the motions with the original show because she's more into it than I am. But they're both, they're, they're both about 10 years after the fall. What I like about this show and what's engaging me is that it's not about friggin' zombies stumbling around anymore. It's about, there's a new government in this portion of, and it takes place in the plains. I think Nebraska. Uh, it, it's there's a new government in play, and they they stretch across a portion of the country. And uh, this group of kids who has grown up since age five or six, and so no, no, excuse me. So they, yeah, they've grown up since age you know four, five, six, and now they're this is the only world they know. And it's funny because they lean a little too heavily on that sometimes like i've never been inside a real high school i've never drank soda out of a can it's like come on guys we get it um but it's it's about you know something that 
when the original shows moved away from, oh, we're running from zombies and zombies is about the fact that the real enemy are, are the people. And so you're finding out that the main governmental military individual played by actress Julia Ormond is what has she got cooking? What is she? She's evil. She's, you know, she's twisted. What's, what's the end game? Does this somehow tie in with, you know, Rick Grimes disappearing from the original show? I don't know. Um, the original, it's, a, it's just a two-season show and apparently planned that way. And the second season just began. We're probably about halfway through the original show or the, the first season. And I, I'm interested. I'm interested to see this group of young teens kind of figure out how to do stuff and maybe get to the bottom of, you know, weird stuff that's going on with this, you know, paramilitaristic kind of thing happening in the show. So I'm, I'm kind of down with it. Todd, I know that you're so far beyond caring about the walking dead at all. So I know, I know it's out of your world. Um, yeah, I, I, I tried to pulse back in, but I'm like, yeah, they're still kind of doing the same thing. Um, now when Rick returns, that may be an interesting checkpoint, but those are going to be standalone movies. So that's right. less of a effort versus here's 22 more episodes you have to watch and maybe three things happens in those. Yeah, so, pretty much. Yeah. So, so far I've enjoyed it. So, so that, that's yep. that, for, that's that for me. And then secondly, kind of, uh, spiraling back to talking about Hasbro PulseCon, I, I pulled a first. Uh, and this was actually, you know, my enabler was April because we were looking at this together and we're like, that's pretty sweet. Uh, a HasLab, which I never thought I would do. Now, HasLab is the, uh, basically it's the crowdfunded huge product offering that Hasbro has been doing. The first one they did, and, and Todd and I talked about this copiously when it happened because I wasn't a believer and Todd was, and he ended up winning the bet. First one they did was 400 or $500. Um, and it was Java's sale barge to the to the three and three quarter scale. And I know our friend John bought one. I know that my friend Derek bought a couple and, and sold sold at least one of them for profit. Um, but they've done, you know, they've gone, they've done Marvel, uh, and they've gone back and forth. So we've gotten a Sentinel. Galactus was the most recent one. They've had ones that have failed. They tried to do a, a cookie monster, and that one that one failed. Todd, I think you remember that. They did the Transformers that was Unicron or Unicef or whatever the hell that character was. Unicef. Um, <laughs> He, he makes sure all the children are taken care of by eating their planets. Exactly yes. <laughs> correct. But this one, this was the first G.I. Joe one, and it, it's kind of hybridized uh, because it's it's the three and three-quarter scale, which is, I have a small collection of those, but this was done in the more classic, you know, the kind of the O-ring style, the figures where they're, they have the O-ring in the center of them, and that's how they bounce around. Um, but it's the Sky Striker, and it's, it's, it's amazing. To, to me, it was amazing, and April said, let's do it. And the price point was something that we felt a little bit more comfortable with, but it's, uh, it's the plane itself. It's it's a F-14 Tomcat, Todd, if I'm not mistaken. Um, it's the the pilot ace. Uh, it's his Rio, who's a new character who doesn't even have a code name. It's kind of weird. Um, and then and that has unlockable tiers that, you know, it gets to a certain level. And there's a, a version of the character Scarlet. There's the character of Ripcord, who is bigger, in, the Halo Jumper, who is bigger in the comic than it was in anything else. And then the last one is you get a ground crew that comes with a little missile loader and stuff. So it's kind of fun. It comes on a cool stand. We're already trying to figure out where it'll go. But again... The, the window for this one is open for like 45 days. Uh, and then uh, so when it closes, it's usually like a year before I'll see it. So I'm probably at least I, I'm well over a year when it feels like closer to 18 months for actually seeing this thing. So um, I'll keep my excitement metered. <laughs> yeah, they also had the uh, the Raincore has lab that came out, too. And right. Yeah, that one's a little more pricey, 350. And uh, they show the scale of that figure compared to the other has lab ones. And it was smaller than expected. but uh, Less excited about that one. 
Right. I yeah, exactly. I think that. And I, you know, if I was to look at the numbers right now, it's kind of interesting. Let's get if I get the polls up here. But Todd, you start talking, and as I find some numbers, you just sure. I'll, I'll, I'll jump back in. Go ahead. Yeah. So um, I don't know who else has watched this, but I watched the first episode of the new Chucky series on Sci-Fi USA. It's on like everything, and then YouTube has the first two episodes free to watch. Um, so I watched the first episode, and this is. I was pretty impressed. Uh, I think this might be the biggest budget they've had for quite some time. And I think it looks the part. Um, This is really about uh, the Chucky doll being purchased at a garage sale by uh, uh, a teen who I think is in junior high, who is gay. He's also an artist and just, you see him bullied and his father's not supportive. The mother's passed away um, and you can kind of see the inevitable s- situation where this is going. Um, and I really enjoyed it so far. There was only one scene that seemed a little goofy, but the rest was very well done. Um, and I, I, it looks like they're going to tackle bullying quite a bit, which in a way that's kind of a, a very timely topic, mm-hmm. especially, you know, the, the main character being, uh, LGBTQ, um, it, it's, it's, it's unique and the characters are building up from the teenagers aspect are interesting. The focus really is on that group rather than the adults, which is which is which is good. And I don't know how many episodes this will be, but um, I really enjoyed what I saw. Um, and I think I can watch the second episode. I have Sling right now because I'm watching sports, which includes, I believe, mm-hmm. uh, Sci-Fi or USA or something like that, so I can watch it there. Okay. Um, I think the Sci-Fi app you can watch the shows as well for free for a period of time. Yeah, well. I still I still haven't dug in, and I guess because it's you know I we stick to the apps we're pretty consistent with. So if this doesn't pop up, I, it's off my radar. But if I there's no reason I couldn't go check out an episode if you like it. If you like, well, it's it, like I said, it's on YouTube now, so you can watch a, the first two on YouTube. It, yeah. It's a it's it's remotely possible that I might enjoy it, but it's very remote. Yeah, <laughs> Donnie, did you, you you're you're enjoying it? Okay, I'm absolutely loving. It. I've been following the creation of this show. You talk about you know geeking out for something like i've been following the creation and been waiting for this for so long the last two years don mantini's been talking about it um a lot of love's being poured into it um the show looks great like just visually it's very very eye appealing they do a really good job of like setting a, um, a mood and a tone and just making the screen look really really appealing to like sit back and watch very entertaining you know it's it is it does at times feel made for tv you know, it's a little on the nose, which I'm okay with. Um, I think the kids are doing a really good job. It's got a ton of nods. It's like the entire Chucky universe is built into this. You know, like um, Jennifer Tilly's there. Mm-hmm. Rad Dourif obviously reprises his role. His daughter is in it, which she was in um, the last couple, you know, that came out to Netflix and streaming as well. Um, Devin Sawa plays um, both dads, um, and uh, which is really cool because, you know, like in terms of, horror right like he's from casper and idle hands and final destination stuff like that and he looks way different now actually it took me a couple episodes it took me the second episode to notice i was like oh wow um because we just watched idle hands actually my wife and i was like that's the same guy and uh yeah it turned out that it was but um the the story that you're talking about in terms of the bullying and the lgbt um stuff you know it's it's really close to Don Mancini. He's gay. And uh, Chucky's always kind of flirted with it. It's always had characters that were either gay or presumed gay or like could be. Um, it's something that, you know, like some people um, online is leading up to it. They didn't like it. They thought it was like, 
you know, like trying to be trendy. Um, but I think fans of the series will always know that there's always been passing characters or Easter eggs or things like that kind of relating to that. And, um, obviously you've got seed of Chucky's entire son, you know, and that, that whole, um, um, trans storyline and all of that that goes into it as well. So, um, I'm absolutely loving it. It's, it's way better than I expected it to be, to be quite honest with you. Um, I was expecting it to be like so many, like you mentioned, so many of the sci-fi series are made for movies and stuff. Like I even like the walking, not the walking dead, the, the, um, so night of the living dead. What, what is their zombie thing they're doing? I tried to watch an episode. Oh, of zombie world. Yeah. I don't know. What is it called? I didn't even get, or... I didn't get 15 minutes into it. I think it's return of the living dead or something. The series, something like that. Yeah. It's, it's, it's inspired by the, the, the George Romero yeah, movies. And yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Well, uh, they had Zombie Nation too. Yeah, they had Zombie Nation, which was very much like goofy and like, oh, it's a it's a ball of zombies coming down a hill. Oh my goodness! To be honest with you, I really expected that they would maybe like pull punches like with Chucky, and they don't. Yeah, yeah. you know, Chucky is as foul mouthed and brash and rude, and like, I, the kills are as gory as they've on, always been. And on USA, that's crazy. Todd, yeah. what, yeah. Todd, Todd, what else you got? Okay, uh, so uh, something I've become a fan of, and I think this is maybe season three, I don't remember. It's called The History of Horror. Uh, Eli Roth hosts this, and he does a subject every episode. So I think this is um, the one I watched and I've dabbled in the other ones. This one was sequels, uh, which is very cool. Um, And with that, he talked about sequels that were better than expected. Which I thought was a good take on it because you know there's a lot of bad sequels in horror. Charlie, we talked about you know oh, tril- trilogies and things like that. But the the ones he mentioned specifically, and I like it because he brings in the directors, actors, people that are historians in horror. It's, so they bring in like these really cool. It's like a documentary in a way, which is very entertaining. And they intersperse multiple movies, probably five or six movies they they focus on. But uh, it was interesting. Like some of the movies they mentioned were Psycho Two which I'm like, okay, I thought that was a throwaway, but people were like gushing about it. I'm like, oh, okay, that's pretty interesting. Uh, Gremlins 2, one of my favorites. Such a weird sequel that ne- they thought never would have made. And, and Joe Dante is like, well, if I'm going to make it, I'm going to do whatever I want. That's why and it's so... He, and and yeah. he did the, that great key and peel sketch where it was the pitch. And they mentioned that. that. And, they, yeah. and they, yeah, they run through all the shit that ends up in that movie. You're like, no, and it was all there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, then Freddy's Nightmare. Oh no, uh, the Dream Warriors three, mm-hmm. where the people the who had best. powers. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So it's it's just really good. There's another one about infections. There's one psychics. There's um, they cover a lot of different topics, which means they can incorporate a lot of different movies. But really well done. Um, and I think you can watch all the the episodes streaming. So Charlie, you could even watch it on AMC Plus. So oh, definitely, okay, cool. definitely well worth it. It's a very, fantastic series. Very um, interesting. I love horror documentaries. I always recommend them to folks, especially if you've got significant others or friends that aren't into horror movies. It's a great way of like getting them into wanting to watch something. We've watched that entire series, catch every episode. And my wife is always, you know, she'll pick one or two out based off of what the, the commentary is saying. She'll be like, Ooh, that sounds interesting. I like to watch that one. Um, and I always say that like, if you guys have never watched, um, um, never sleep again, which is like the documentary about all the nightmare on Elm streets. And there's like one about Friday the 13th and stuff like that great way of getting people getting kind of maybe getting the, their attention for this type of stuff. Awesome. Sweet. Yeah, it's, this is, this is like a pseudo sequel to back in the day. Bravo had the top 100 moments in horror, oh, which sure. was fantastic, but you cannot find it anywhere, which sucks. 
So ah, I do hate it when stuff goes out of print. There's yeah. a great uh, Rolling Stones documentary that came out in the late 80s. And it just I had a VHS tape of it back in the day, but it no longer exists. Can't even get it on YouTube. And it was really, really comprehensive. Of It was like called like 20 it was like stones it was 25 by 5 because the 25th anniversary of the band so it's from the early 60s to about 1989 which is steel wheels tour and just all the crazy tour footage and weird shit in between and it was it was awesome and i i have it in my memory but it does not exist anymore so it really bumps me out so yeah i feel you yeah, yeah. Some things you wish to find, or maybe on the dark web, should we? I can find it because I would mm. love to find that again. So very cool. To, yes, dark web it. Yes. So that is it for uh, the geek easy. Time for us to move on, uh, Donnie. I hope you have your passport because we're ready to fly to parts unknown and visit the Thunderdome. Welcome to another edition of Thunderdome. <laughs> Thank you, Tina. We're sitting in the Thunderdome where the mutants have been gathered for a topic or game to be entertained. And this week, we are wrapping up Shocktober with week five. Um, this was the last pick was mine. I picked a movie that I had heard many, many good things about. Um, it's from 2007, and that movie is Trick or Treat. Essentially, I, I originally thought it was an anthology, but it feels a little bit different than, but, but it is, it's, it's weird, like anthology, but kind of doesn't feel like anthology, but that's probably the closest thing you can call it because it's intersecting, intersecting storylines, many different bits. So, um, like I said, I had never seen this before. Uh, it was on HBO max is where, uh, I recommend everybody watch it. This includes Anna Paquin, Brian Cox, Dylan Baker, Leslie Bibb, Quinn Lord, Tamo Pennicott, Rochelle Eights, Britt McPhillip, and basically four interwoven stories that occur on Halloween. An everyday high school principal has a secret life as a serial killer. Ooh, spoilers. A college virgin might have just get, met the guy, for the one guy for her. A group of teenagers pull a mean prank and a bitter old recluse receives an uninvited guest. And for those who people are not familiar with Trick or Treat, uh, basically it's got the iconic little character, like almost like, an, like, almost like the scarecrow mask uh, right. on the cover. Yeah, and Donnie, and Todd, you and have Todd, a yeah. Todd, what was the very first thing? What, what was my comment as I continue to watch this? As we continue to watch this, Smoothie yeah, Donnie was, is Donnie very, is uh, drinking out of his coffee mug that's themed with this. Right. And Charlie, you mentioned it was Canadian, and I'm like, okay, super duper. Well, you had the very first person I saw was actor Timo Pennicat, who is Hilo from uh, Hilo from Battlestar Galactica, one of my favorite programs. I kind of when I when I researched that dude, his grandfather was like the premier of Canada back in the 1800s or something. <laughs> the premier, yeah, the <laughs> premier. <laughs> I know. Hey, hey, hey. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so, oh boy. So, um, yeah. Holy cow. So yeah. So um, Donnie, have you ever seen this movie before? You know, I I picked this movie. Um, when you would you would message me and you'd given me a, a couple choices, and I picked this movie because it just so happened that this movie was already on my to watch list for this year. I've owned this movie for ever, <laughs> like it felt like decades. It's so funny. I'm really glad that I picked this movie to join you guys with because I had forgotten how much I'd really love this movie until I sat down to rewatch it yesterday. Um, I got this movie back in the days when my wife and I would like go to blockbuster and just grab, you know, five (laughs) for five DVDs and stuff. I don't, you know, it's one of those things where I've always known about the movie. I remember liking it. Anthologies were never my favorite thing um, in horror space, the creep show tells for the crypt and stuff like that. And you're right. This is definitely an anthology, but it's told, it's not like episodic or uh, like when, what people think of, 
when they think of something like this. This is more like there's a recent one. If you guys ever want to go back and look one called Southbound, which is also an anthology. It's kind of told similar like this. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just a really good classic Halloween movie, you know, kind of like, um, I know this is going to, this might be a, a trip, but like almost like hocus pocus for adults. Like it just kind of, you know, it's very yeah. much like jack-o'-lanterns, you know, black cats, like just kind of classic Halloween stuff, trick-or-treating, um, just in a little more, you know, mature adult way. That's a little more entertaining. Um, you can almost watch it. It's almost timeless. You can watch it, you know, every year if you really wanted to, because the, the story is, is traditional and the I mean the movie is beautiful like the set design and like the the aesthetics that they put on the screen is really really pretty I think that's something that I definitely didn't remember before I rewatched it um, but yeah no I watched it decades ago like I think of my wife at her parents' house like when we were I think just out of high school watching you say 2007 I graduated in 2006 so I probably caught it in like 2007 2008 something like that so I mean, it's really going back for me but yeah it's a great little movie. It was um, Brian Cox executive produced this movie. So depending on how you feel about him, but um, you know, the fact that you've got a big name attached to this type of movie is surprising and probably leans into the quality, as you said. Um, and yeah, this is kind of an under the radar cult classic for a lot of people. And I'm like, okay, got to watch this. I think I watched the beginning of this movie years before. And I'm like, like the opening is fantastic because it just really opens the door and they revisit it's interwoven in a way that's, it's not always uh set in the same, you know, yeah, uh, time. Yep. Exactly. Which makes it more interesting. Cause you're like, what's going on, what's happening. And, and I, I really enjoyed it. And each of the stories were kind of a, more of an iconic type of horror story. You know, you had like a serial killer, you had a, with a twist, you had a, uh, well, I don't want to give too much away because I think it's well worth watching and giving it away. And we, if people aren't familiar with this movie, I don't want to spoil it for them. So, uh, but I think each of them has unique, monster or scary element which makes it entertaining and fun i love the premise right it's like this it's this um this haunting and this halloween uh, um punishment which is not like right we see this with like slash all the time right like the kids have the kids have sex they get killed right like don't go out alone like this movie has rules right mm-hmm. always wear a costume make sure you hand out candy um never blow out a jack-o'-lantern always check your candy and like your consequences for not following like these halloween traditions it's just a really great premise for halloween movie i love that that like this one it's got a great cast especially at its time right they kind of caught a lot of people coming up um, which is something that i love about the horror genre it's a it's usually a great launching pad or a start place for a lot of actors you can go back through the history of horror and you can find so many actors became huge stars that have early roots in the horror genre um but it's 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 almost like a, a the story and the premise is almost so good that you could retell the story, you know, ten times over with ten different casts, and it it's still it's still great. You know, it's just kind of like that good old fashioned Halloween comfort food. Yeah, Charlie, did you watch this with April? Yeah, we watched it just last night over you know a roaring fire and a copious amount of alcoholic beverages, which helped. Um, but uh, yeah, I w- I would agree that there were a lot of like twists and turns. I thought. Um, in particular, the uh, the the little uh, the not the little girl. You had the group of kids uh, that went to the mine, uh, and then kind of how that followed through, where they you know they went to the bottom and they played a they played the trick on the one you know the one girl the, the witch uh, with her you know glasses and how she got totally freaked out and she just she kind of had a panic attack and became nonverbal, and then they were like ha ha hilarious blah 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 this this thing and that thing, and then the real survivors of the bus 
these mutants crawled up out of the mire and they're cannibals because how else are they going to survive in there for, what was it, you know, 25 years or however long it was. Um, and uh, she makes it back to the, um, she makes back to the elevator to go up and she's like, don't leave us, don't leave us. And she's standing there kind of in this fugue state. She just pushes the button and goes right back up to the top and you hear the screaming death of all the other kids and you're like, didn't really necessarily think it would go down like that. That was uh, wow. That was uh, that that was that was the shocker for me because everything else up until you get to the werewolf part, which also you was kind of like, oh. Charlie, you're just spoiling everything, man. <laughs> well, that, uh, yeah, up until you get to the werewolf part. Well, I mean, this is a movie from 15 years ago. I don't think I'm spoiling too terribly much. But regardless, yeah, there were there were without a doubt a couple of big shocker surprises in this one. Uh, yeah, I, yeah, that, that that really snagged me. I I like the part with the old man. And how they tied everything together, which right. was really, really cool. So I, I, I really think uh, it was it was really well done, very fun. Um, and to your point, Donnie feels timeless because there wasn't technology in this movie. Right. There was really nothing to, to. I mean, there was a cell phone at one point, but uh, and a little bit of sidebars around the way, and yeah, some surprises that were fun. Uh, one thing was totally. I thought something was going to happen, and something else happened. So I'm like many, many times in this movie. So I'm like very cool. Uh, good, good uh, pivots on those. So, gentlemen, uh, before we wrap this up, what would you give this for ten out of ten jack o' lanterns? Ooh, can I share a, a fun little factoid? Sure. So, th- the reason that I had this movie on my watch list this year is I I was actually under the impression that a sequel had just come out um, oh. because years ago the director had talked about wanting to do a follow up, and uh, I just didn't realize that I think there was a, a shout factory like re-release, like a reprint, like a special edition. And I was like, oh, it's got to be the sequel. They must have just kept calling it Trick or Treat, and it wasn't. Um, so I looked into it, and there was a sequel announced. It just never got made. Um, so in 2009, um, Michael Dougherty, the the director, he, he shared that they were working on it. He had written a script, and he had since gone on to do like Godzilla stuff in between now and then, right? He did Godzilla, King of Kong, and all that stuff. Um, but last year, he came out with an update for fans, and he said, quote, I'm intrigued by the idea um, of doing a sequel and it's completely up to legendary pictures. It's been a few years since we initially talked about it and there's been a regime change since, but I'd always like to go back to it. Um, they still have the property and they love it. And there's a long line of merchandise and continuing line comic books on the film and other things like that. Uh-huh. Um, he says the moment they say they're interested and ready to go, if the stars align, I'll be there. But at the same time, there's something to be said about not sequelizing it. In a business that is obsessed with franchising and spinoffs and prequels and sequels, maybe there's something to be said about just leaving this one alone. Like, like, like Back to the Future. Robert Zemeckis has said, over my dead body. Now that means, of course, that that's exactly what will happen someday, <laughs> is that you'll get a reboot of Back to the Future in like, you know, 2055 or something. But yeah, that was that. that's funny that you should mention, because yeah, that's instantly where my head goes to, is that he's one who said, nope, no way, no how, we did our thing. We did our three films. It was a, it was a, it was a moment in time, and it's it's done. So I was gonna, yeah, I was I, gonna ask you guys if you guys, because I would like to see a sequel because I think the story is good, but in a different way. Is I would basically like to see a reimagining or a reboot, like get rid of the original cast, don't bring them back for returning characters, like just make another trick or treat. Don't even call it trick or treat too, just trick or treat, you know, twenty twenty two or whatever, and just tell the same story. Okay, just do it differently. To do it with perhaps a little bit, uh, yeah, a little bit of a different take, different director. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Modern. 
I mean, I, I could sit through, I, I, you know, and again, this film didn't, didn't, you know, fire my imagination to points beyond, but I would sit through another one because again, it's not like I could be shocked by the same story again, unless I had some kind of traumatic brain injury, which might happen because you never know, uh, that I could be like, wow, you know, but, um, <laughs> well, Charlie took, Charlie, you took off your costume early. So at this point you broke the rules. So I well, be prepared. Right, well, I'm sorry. I'm sorry with that. Obviously, very high end outfit that you're wearing. I see how you can you can sit on your drum head and pass judgment over me. So okay. <laughs> uh, but I was going to say to your point. I think this opens a door for just the the same through line with the and I don't even know what the the, the main characters or the, the 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 monster whatever we call him. What is, does he have a name? Sam. Sam. So yep. so Sam can be that guide through another exactly. line of stories. So that works very well. Just and you tell just more stories. Keep pulling classic, you know, horror yeah. things out and just like, yeah, you, you follow the same rules, right? You do the same rules, but you just do it with different stories, different characters. And yeah, I, I think it'd be great. I'd like to see a sequel. Um, but back to your point, I, I'd probably give it eight out of 10 Jack Lanterns. So I think it's classic. Um I mean, it's just, it's really, really good. It's not, it's not over the top. It's not amazing. Um, there's definitely like horror movies that I think are much better than that. But again, mm-hmm. like I said, Hocus Pocus for adults, Monster Squad, like it's just kind of classic in the sense that I think you yeah. can watch this movie 50 years from now and it'll still be as entertaining as it was in 2007. Right. Because it's, and again, the lack of topicality is probably what makes that happen. Or, it's not, yeah, mostly you know, practical effects too. Yeah. It, it, because it's mm-hmm. not like, oh, it's an internet killer and people are going to be like, the internet is a chip that's in my eyeball. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> you know, I mean, that's what it'll be. Going yeah, to pizza.com I, to order pizza. Oh <laughs> it's just my, great oh. to set them. Always be it's, my favorite pizza. That it's so good to set the Halloween mood. You're like this right. is such yes. a great like kickoff point for anybody's right. October Halloween movies. Like just right. to get in the spirit of Halloween, this is a great pick for that. Absolutely. Yep. And and you right. said legendary. Uh, I believe Warner Brothers uh, owns Legendary. It's one of their. I think it's one of their their brands of films uh, or production houses. So HBO Max wants content. Perfect thing for them to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Definitely. I can also Charlie? see this being a series. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It could yeah. work too. And, yeah. And yeah. 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 You know, I will. And again, not not being absolutely overwhelmed, like, oh my God, this is the greatest thing I've ever seen. I'm going to put it right up there in that upper tier as well. I would probably go with like a seven or a seven five just for those two twists of the little girl leaving the other kids to die and then the the, the damn werewolves. Uh, that was like, oh, there's Anna Pack. What's Anna? Shouldn't Anna Paquin be the the lead, you know, be the lead role in this? But she's just like, what is she doing? She's hanging out, and then just the 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 meat suit thing where they're all tearing their that. Oh, April's that was like, that was a freaky look. Yeah, that was, was that was an like, interesting one. Oh, it's just a friggin' meat suit. That was. Unfortunately, <laughs> they didn't go too good costume. They didn't go too crazy with that, so it wasn't super duper visceral. But yeah. ho- but holy shit, yeah, that was like. Wow, couldn't couldn't have picked that, and then Dylan Baker just getting mowed down on, and him with his, you know, him him killing the poor kid from Bad Santa. That was yeah. that was that was kind of a bummer. That was that was, uh, that was a nice bit of comedy too. I like yeah. that. always a check little your candy. bit of dark humor. Yeah, yep. so I, I, I will back you up on the uh, on the kids part. I've got a uh, a co host of mine who always tells me that he's over like the kids in danger because the kids never get hurt. And this movie definitely right. flips that trope like it's upside down. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, that's good stuff. So, kids can be yeah. jerks. Yep, seven. Uh, we'll call it a seven seven five for me. What about you, Tad? I think I'll agree with the eight. I think it's 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 you know some parts were better than others, but I mean, overall solid, solid film. Um, didn't, you know, acting, directing, uh, some of the plot twists, very fun. Um, and they did reveal Sam's 
face. It's kind of a spoiler. I wasn't expecting that. So that was kind of cool to see that as well. Right. Mm, crazy stuff. Well, cool. Boy, bringing Shocktober to a, a, a real crescendo. So, yes, I think, as I said, Todd, when we get to next year, perhaps we will uh, maybe dip back uh, and look at things that are a little bit more classic. Maybe we'll dissect something that is that is considered to be a revered classic that, God forbid, maybe you saw it 20 years ago, but you'll watch, you know, Nightmare on Elm Street for fresh and we'll go through that, something like that. You know what I mean? I, I think that would be a good way to change it. Absolutely. 12 months from now, we'll talk about it. Absolutely. Well, with that, um, Donnie, thank you for being on. Uh, this was a lot of fun. Perfect guest to end uh, Shocktober. So thank you for being on. We like your recommendations. So we'll have to check out some of those next year. But um, tell people where they can find you on the interwebs. Yeah, you can find me and my band of misfits over at PSVG. Our website's psvg.blog. You can find us PSVG on Twitter. Um, we've got a Discord via psvg.blog slash discord that's really where we live we're there every day um it's pretty happening discord i'd like to think um i think we we have a little something for everybody we've got a board games focused podcast we're very video game influenced we got people that love all the different consoles and pcs but we even do like a lot of technology stuff like i've gotten crazy into car detailing so we talk about that uh we've got sports nuts we, we talk a lot of sports and then of course um decade of horror is kind of like our little horror corner and uh, Decade of Horror is a podcast series that I put out last year. Um, we did 10 years, for the last 10 years, from 2010 to 2020, our favorite movies of every year. We ranked mm-hmm. them, and then we did a list of the right. 2010 to 2020 top 15 favorite movies. Um, so we, we've got, oh boy, it's 12 episodes, I think the 12, 14, 15 hours of horror movie flavored wow. content. And then this past year for our podcast, um, for our Patreon supporters, something we always do is we actually will we'll get that band together. So it's me and two of my other co-hosts. And uh, we talk about our favorite movies of this past year, what we're planning on watching, just big horror love fest. And we do that every year. So if you're really into horror movies and you're looking for like-minded friends, um, we've got a little space for that. Awesome. Fantastic. Good stuff. Well, awesome. Nice. Yeah. Follow Donnie. Check out the team. They're awesome. We've had some of the team members on. We'll probably have some more on as well. Um, so uh, thanks, Donnie, for being on. Absolutely. Thanks, guys. Cap approves. Awesome. Good deal. All right. Well, with that, uh, we're going to wrap it on up. Friends, thank you as always for joining us. I'm going to tell you as always that sharing is caring and to keep on capping. Be the hero, not the villain. In a truck. Trick or treat. Smell my feet. This podcast is part of the Secret Friends Unite podcasting network. Visit secretfriendsunite.com for more great shows, articles, news, reviews, and more. Secret Friends Unite podcasts are available on Apple, Google, Spotify, and other podcast services around the world. If you'd like to be part of the conversation, you can join us on Facebook or our new Discord server. Or follow at Secret Friends U on Twitter. Please subscribe to Secret Friends Unite on YouTube and visit our merch store at tpublic.com. Just search Secret Friends Unite. Thanks for listening.